You're dialed in to the Turn In Two podcast with your hosts, Matt Mills and Tito. Welcome back, Cardinals fans, to a. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? It's Listen, been a minute. It's yeah, been a, minute. A, a brand new spanking episode. A brand new. It's turning two. I mean, we we it's been a minute. It's been a minute, but we've been know, busy. We've been busy. Very busy. Yeah. Very busy. Can't imagine. But, you know, we're the season's going strong and we're back at it. And um, you know. There's plenty to talk about. Oh, plenty to talk about. Temperatures heating up, and so are the Redbirds. Are they? Company man. Company man. Are you sure? Oh yeah. Hmm. Well, let's let's dive into it. Fine. First first game of the 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 series with the Pirates, and um, the unthinkable has happened, and the Cardinals came back and won another game, down a decent chunk of runs. Yeah, How'd you perfect. feel? First time they've won a game down four or more runs this year. Um, one of the better comeback games. I mean, obviously you would you'd like to see them score earlier in the game. I mean, it is the Pirates that you're playing, but hey, at the end of the day, you know what? When you put the ball in play, good things happen, and when you can hit a home run, really good things happen. Um, so you know. Cardinals win seven to five. They take the first game, move on to a doubleheader tomorrow, which is, you know, very important in my opinion. Um, the Cardinals have only lost one game to the Pirates this year. So, you know, you and I have talked in length about doing what you need to do as a team. Um, and especially when it comes to the Cardinals, sometimes they, they're very lackadaisical with that approach. Um, and so I, I think tomorrow, you know, would be a really, really good opportunity to get two more wins. Um, you know, if you split and you, you're going two to one into the, into the series finale, you can take that, but you really would like to see the Cardinals take all of these games. Absolutely. I mean, you got to beat, beat the bad teams. I mean, yeah. the, the thing that's scary about the pirates is they look like they could be good down the line. Um, yeah, it's okay here at the end of the day, are they that bad? No. I mean, at one point they were what? pretty good against all other teams not named the Brewers and the Cardinals, right? Uh, they haven't beat – I don't even know if they beat the Brewers at this point. But at one point they had – they were 0-6 against the Brewers and 1-5 and against the Cardinals. Um, you, you expect that. But then they were like 500 ball against everybody else. And if you look at it, you know, what with those losses that I just said, that makes up the difference between their wins and losses right now. So it's not like they're that bad. But you should win these games. Yeah, you need to, um, especially with for now the NL Central up for grabs. Um, I don't know if Milwaukee ended up winning or losing after they even played tonight, but um, they did know, not. They did not play tonight. Gotta win the games while um, you know your other essential competitor is is losing. It's vital to get ahead while you can, especially in in the semi-tough division yeah and, and here and to think that you know we keep complaining about the struggles of, of the starting pitching at times and the uh offensive you know lack of consistency right they have a plus 47 run differential in in their division which is tops in their divisions by quite a bit 
And across the National League, there's only one, two, three teams better than them. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the Dodgers, the Padres by one run. So I'm not really going to count them. So two teams really above them. That's the Mets and the Dodgers. So, you know, to be, to be frank, I mean, I, I think the Cardinals are playing a pretty decent ball. I mean, I think the other day I saw a stat where they were on pace for 96 wins, which would be uh, three more than I anticipated and four more than you anticipated. Um, but that's what it takes to win this division. You have to go out and win those games. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I think like we see every year, a lot of these teams that, you know, are playing decent right now um, or that we're having trouble with, especially in the division will mm-hmm. slowly fall off. You know, yeah. like they'll sell, and they'll sell their pieces, right? The Cubs. Oh yeah. They're going to get rid of Marcus Stroman, who, you know what? I know we roughed him up, but he's still a decent pitcher. They'll, they'll, they'll trade him. They'll trade uh, probably Contreras as well. So there, these are guys that I'm not, you know, that's a team that I'm not expecting to be around much longer. Look at the Reds. I mean, the Reds, again, they're not playing bad baseball either. They have pieces that they could move and they could easily let go of Luis Castillo. Some, some team would be very fortunate to pick him up as long as he stays healthy and can keep the ball down on the zone because he was really good. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's the, those are two big names in the – well, you can add in Reynolds too from the Pirates. Yeah, I think, yeah. You know, those are a couple big names that will probably be on the move here as uh, summer goes on. Um, but, I, you know, the Brewers just all in all, they don't, they don't impress me that much. Um, I mean, anybody can get hot. You know, I guess they've lost Wong for a little bit right now. Um, they've lost but, pitchers. Brandon Woodruff is also has uh, was diagnosed with Raynaud's syndrome, I think, today. Um, so there could be a, a lengthy time that he misses, and that's easily their second best pitcher. What is that? I think it's a nerve condition that affects the the fingers, or at least a, a nerve condition. So again, that that timetable. Um, has, has expanded for him quite a bit. And, you know, uh, I, I wasn't, I'm not going to say that they, um, um, that they can't, you know, compete, but that offense, again, they're at a run, their run differential offensively is only plus five. They don't score that many runs. Yeah. And if they do, it's only because they're playing the, the Cubs, which it feels like every time they play them, it's a 12, 15 run affair. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Raynaud syndrome affects the the fingers, uh, typically the fingers. So some nerve damage or some uh, nerve ep- uh, episodes are, are maybe affecting uh, how he pitches, and you know th- that's that's something that that's going to affect them very 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 deeply. Uh, because again, I I know that you and I know this, but the Cardinals played Milwaukee very very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not there's not really much room for error in those games. Um, it's usually a tight affair, but the Cardinals. I think I tweeted it out, you know, about a, a couple weeks ago. But the Cardinals were at one point they had won like 15 of their last 20 games against Milwaukee. Wow! And you, you wouldn't know it because they played so poorly against everybody else. Mm-hmm. Which which goes back to what we started out this show with is you have to go and win those games, right? You have to beat the Pirates, the Reds, and the Cubs as much as you can. 
they're going, they're not going to win every single game. And we just saw that yesterday. Bear, you know, the Cardinals almost made another miraculous comeback, but you're not going to win every game against them. So taking 66% of them, so the two of the three or even the three of the fours when you get the opportunity, great, take them. This is why I don't this is why I don't understand the fan base sometimes because if we went out a 66% clip, yeah, you're winning a lot of games. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously it's a long season. We got a long way to go, but uh-huh. I mean the Brewers can't be falling off now. I mean they can. It's good. They, but they but they are. I mean, look what they went through. They went through a, an eight-game losing streak. I mean, that's that's going through it, man. In, in the, you know, that's that reminds me of last year when the Cardinals were really going through the grinder. That's that's the kind of uh, stuff that messes with a team because everything goes from, oh, we lost a game here. Oh, great. Now we've lost three in a row. Oh, now we've lost five in a row. We can't hit. We can't do anything. Now we've lost six in a row, seven in a row, eight in a row before you win your next game. And in the middle of that, you were losing to the Washington Nationals who aren't a good team. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't, I mean, they have some decent players. I'm obviously Juan Soto, Nelson Cruz, um, but it's not like they're world beaters here. So, you know, that's a lot of psychological, you know, climbing that they have to do just to get back on top. Yeah, you know, sure, they won yesterday um, and they have the off day today, so maybe they reset. But it's not like it gets any easier for them. Um, They go and play the Mets tomorrow. Yeah. So look, you, you, you know, the phrase kick them while they're down. This is the opportunity for the Cardinals to go out and do something. I think I saw a stat probably two weeks ago where it was the Cardinals had like the third easiest schedule remaining. Um, I think it was like team, the team like cumulative win percentage was just barely 500. Yeah. So look, I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for the Cardinals because you don't necessarily want to um, play down to opponents, Mm -hmm. but that also gives you an opportunity to, to, to just play, play with some confidence and and rack up wins when you need to. I mean, are are you and I going to sit here and say, Oh, we need another 17 game win streak to make the playoffs. Hopefully not, but I doubt that. I really do think the Cardinals will win this division and I think they'll win it, win it pretty convincingly when it's all said and done, but they can't let up right now. Absolutely, they, not. Have, they can't have a June like last year where they were under 500, under 500. They can't do that. So they need to go out there and, and continue to, to put pressure on the Milwaukee Brewers to win games. But, but don't forget that you have to do it for yourself. Not, they're not going to do it for you. Nope, you're right. So um, let's focus on. There's a few things that I want to focus on. Uh, if, is is one of them Yachty? Because I would no, be- no, no, oh. no. Not right now, at least. Uh, <laughs> what um, what do you think? How do you, how do you like our how do you like our middle infield right now? Uh, I guess where I'm well, I guess where I'm going with this is, does Paul DeYoung have a spot on the Cardinals? the St. Louis Cardinals? Yeah, look. The answer is yes, but this is a really, really intriguing question. The, and 
and I think there are a couple different angles you have to look at, a couple different factors here is obviously roster wise, who are you going to send down? <laughs> um, that's a question that you have to answer. I know on 101 ESPN today, a lot of the conversation was surrounding in Mundo Sosa. Um, he hasn't provided you much this year. He's, he's good defensively, but is he, is Paul DeYoung worse defensively than in Mundo Sosa? I don't think so. I think he probably is a little bit better. His range is, you know, Sosa's range is probably a little bit better because he's a little bit quicker, but it's not enough for me to be like, oh, Sosa is a hands down better player than Paul DeYoung. Um, now here's, here's the intrigue, right? Paul DeYoung is mashing the ball, but he's mashing the ball in AAA. Mm -hmm. And I think people need to, I'm not saying come back down to earth a little bit and say, oh, he's ready to come back, which eh, very, very few people are probably saying that. But I think the fact of the matter is, is that's AAA. He's not seeing major league pitching. And I would, would really hope that if the organization is going to bring Paul DeYoung back, they need to make sure that it's not in a starting capacity. He needs to come off the bench. He could get a spot start every other day when the lineup is uh, left lefty heavy, or I'm sorry, if there's a lefty on the mound, excuse me. Um, I don't mind that because then you can bring in uh, Paul DeYoung to play short and Tommy Emmett can slide, slide back to second base. Um, but I, I think there is room on the team it's just how the team goes about getting him on there. And I think the only way that you can truly do that is, is probably letting uh, Edmundo Sosa go. You have to make room on the 40-man roster, so a DFA for Edmundo Sosa is probably the likely choice. I don't see any reason to send Brendan Donovan down. I, I am not an advocate for sending Nolan Gorman down. The kid has to play. These guys will not get better if they don't play. Um, I'm not going to send Juan Yepes down either because you need his bat um, for as much as uh, he has been kind of in a funk lately. Look what he did yesterday, a two run home run just to bring you back within one run. Um, that's, that says a lot about the kid. He's still learning. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I, I just don't see Edmundo Sosa being on the team much longer. If, if the Cardinals decide, you know, Paul DeYoung is for me. Now, here's the other thing, and I'm sure you're probably headed this way. If Paul DeYoung decides to continue to do this, where can you send him? What team is willing to trade Paul, for Paul DeYoung at this point and take a chance? It's not like he's owed him a lot of money, but what is the Cardinals' biggest need, in my opinion? I think it's relief help, probably starter help as well, but relief sounds like the best option to me. So what can you do and get some help? Um, so there, there, there are a couple different options that I still think he's on the team come trade deadline and beyond. So where I, here's where I come into a difficult decision with the young. So if you, let's say, let's say that you DFA Sosa, somebody grabs him. Okay. The young comes up and is back to his old ways. Then you're just hosed. Now, but but I don't think he starts. I, I'm 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 being 100% honest about that. I don't think the Cardinals can start him. Tommy Edmond has shown that he can play shortstop. Yeah. 
And Nolan Gorman has played a serviceable second base. Is he is he the best second baseman in the world? No. And I, and I like how people, you know, when I, I said this a little bit ago, that Tommy Edmond, um, I don't know why the Cardinals were so upset about Tommy Edmond moving to shortstop and losing something defensively. Everybody was like, well, it's not Tommy Edmond that they're talking about. They're talking about second base. Have you seen Gorman make a, make a just absolute horrendous play at second base? No. Have you seen Brendan Donovan do that? No, oh, no. That's, that's my point. Second base, yes, you want to have a great infield, and I understand that, but second base is not your premier position. Shortstop, third, and first are the premier positions because they guard the lines, and most of the time they're going to be pulling the ball. Very few hitters can do that any, or take it the other way anymore. If you send so, down, if you send down Brendan Donovan at this point, it's criminal. I mean, there's just no excuse for it. The dude hustles, not. he'll go anywhere you need to, and he'll get it done. He'll get the job done. No, they're um, not going to do it. He he is a true gamer. Oh I yeah, he said this the other day on Twitter, but he's like a. He is a definition of a true gamer, plays the game hard. He, he understands his role. That, that is so important to baseball is knowing your role and, and shutting your mouth, as the Rock would say. Um, know your role and shut your mouth. Know what you got to do in the game to be a successful hitter, right? He is a really good hitter as well. Um, what I think he has seen the most pitches now at this point with two strikes on him, and he rarely strikes out. He likes to put the ball in play. Uh, that's, that's something that you can't teach, uh, at this major league level and you just got to be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I agree. I think, uh, I think they're going to have to start shoving, um, Gorman against lefties more. I know you're kind of in a tough situation tonight, um, later in the game, but at the same time, you're going to have to start showing him some left-handed pitchers because if not, you know, he's never going to be able to adjust to that. Um, I mean, I've seen him hit home runs off of lefties and I know it's probably not smart. Um, but at the same time, he's going to have to start seeing him sooner or later. I mean, it's all about winning at the end of the day, but you can't platoon at second base with, I don't think you can, if you want him to adjust, you can't platoon at second base like that right now. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting case. I mean, we, we say it all the time and I just got done saying it. You have to let the kid play. Right. And that also includes he's going to have to eventually start seeing left-handed pitching. The problem is, is in a normal situation where it was the old national league, where it was no DH, he probably does see the left-handed pitching, but with this DH now in the mix, he doesn't, he doesn't have to be platooned right away or whenever or, or every single time he can be platooned at the right moment at the right time. And I don't think that's that bad of an idea. Look, if you're going to tell me that the let's say that the Cardinals go get a shortstop like a Xander Bogarts if the Boston Red Sox were to you know fall off for some reason, um, and Tommy Edmond is sliding back over to second base, um, there's no reason why Nolan Gorman can't just DH at that point. Um, you would it's not ideal for him because you would like to continue to see him develop at second base. But that's just the fact of the matter. I mean, there there are a lot of moving parts here. Uh, but I agree with you. He's going to have to he's going to have to start seeing some pitching, especially from the left side of the plate. Because come you know come playoff time, it's not going to matter at that point. You, either you're you're hitting or you're not. No, I agree. I I agree. Um, I mean, 
I guess if they're winning right now, do it, but we got to start seeing them. Yeah. Um, what did you think about um, about Ollie pulling Bader the other night? You know, that's to be honest, I, I'm going to get this off my chest because I feel like it needs to be said. I don't give a rip, man. I really don't. And the reason I say that is because the team is winning. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, does it stink that Bader kind of got scapegoated a little bit? Yeah. I mean, it's not normal, but at the end of the day, like, look, the guy owned up to it and said, look, I didn't do what I needed to do. And they, they want to slap my wrist. I respect that. If he can move on. So does everybody else. Yeah. Everybody else needs to shut the fuck up and move on because it does not matter. It does not matter at that moment because you know what? And, and here's the crazy thing. Everybody was jumping on Yadier Molina because everybody's like, oh, well, Yadi doesn't run it out. Why doesn't he treat Yadi like that? Do you understand that Yadier Molina is not the same player as Harrison Bader? Does that really need to be said? Sure. I, I totally <laughs> understand. I totally understand it, but we're talking about a guy who's who's 39 years old, who's not going to run everything out, who's going to swing at the first pitch because that's what he's done his entire fucking career. Let it go. Let it go. The team is winning. The team is winning. It's not about one player. It's not about that. And Harrison Bader be the first person to tell you it's not about him. Look at his response, his apology. I didn't do what I needed to do to help the team. So I'm sorry for that. That's not me. Yeah, no, I, I, all in all, I don't even care who it was. I don't care the player. I'm, I'm excited that, uh, that Ollie did that, honestly. Um, and it kind of just sets the tone for hustle in my eyes. I, and, and look what happened the next day. Every single, yeah. every single at bat Harrison Bader had, he was sprinting his ass off out of the box. Oh, yeah. And they were making note of it on the radio, too. So, yeah. He understands, and, and these players understand that. And and you know what? It says something about Ali Marmol that he can take a guy like Harrison Bader, give him a little slap on the wrist, and Harrison Bader come out the next day and apologize. That says something to me about the manager and the, the respect that he's commanding in that room. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, the team is the team is winning, and I feel like we are focusing on stupid little details like Harrison Bader getting pulled and exiting the game. Yes, it is. It is not normal. I I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, it's one game out of what the 62 that they've played Mm -hmm. one game that that's happened. If it was every other day, then I would be like, okay, either something's not right with Harrison Bader or Ali doesn't know how to manage his players. Yeah. But it's been it was one time, and I guarantee you it doesn't happen again, because I guarantee you um, he's gonna come back out there uh, and say something. I guarantee you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Do you think um, you think Albert's being used appropriately? <laughs> um, I don't know if this is a, a beast I should have opened up. I kind of tossed it around in my head for a minute, but. <laughs> Oh man, that's a really good question. 
Do I think he's being used appropriately? I think I've adopted this mentality that I also do not care how he's used because at the end of the day, he was brought here to finish out his career mm-hmm. with the team. So if I'm going to get caught up on whether or not um, Albert Pujols is being used correctly, I, I think that's missing the point of why he's on the team. Yeah, Sure. sure. Like I, I totally understand the, the notion that, you know, you would like to see him used only against left-handed pitching. Um, but sometimes that's not the case. I mean, we have clearly seen that Ali Marmol is very comfortable with put playing him against right-handed pitching um, in certain matchups. I think, you know, the other day on the broadcast, Jim Edmonds was asked by Danny Mack, are you surprised at how, how much our pools has played? And Jim, Jimmy said, no, he said he expected this all along because that's who he is. That's it's Albert pools. We're talking about, right. I mean, look, I, I can't remember if yesterday was against a right-handed pitcher or not, but he took a, a, a ball to the gap in right, in right center field. That doesn't seem like a guy that, you know, can't handle right-handed pitching. Um, so, so am, you know, am I surprised that he's been playing as much as he has? I think I am. But I'm okay with it. I mean, this is what he was brought here to do. Again, getting caught up on these small details literally does not matter. What do you think? What do you think right now is the biggest heel for St. Louis? Moving forward. um... Or something they need to change to become to get them back into the world series, what do they need? I mean, the obvious answer is pitching. You can never have too much of it. Um, it, And I think it really, really depends on, you know, the long-term outlook of how Steven Matz's injury recovers. I guess he had a setback um, the other day. And so his recovery is not going as expected, which falls in line with the, or on par with the Cardinals, having shit luck when it comes to left-handed pitching off the free agent market. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I truly think you can never have too much pitching. It's the easiest answer. I know that. Um, and that goes relief and starting pitching. You know, the, there was talk that there were there, the, you know, Jordan Hicks experiment was going to be over. Um, I know he said he wants to start. Um, but at the end of the day, what's best for the team? Um, sometimes it's not about the player. Uh, sometimes you have to say, you know what? We tried this out. It's not going to work. Look what happened to Alex Reyes. Do you want to be hurt consistently? You want to always be hurt. You want to be looked at as a, a what if. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I truly think the Jordan Hicks experiment is going to be over and he's going to come back to the bullpen, which is a good thing for them because at the end of the day, when you can go out there and throw uh, Hicks, Helsley or Hicks, uh, Cabrera, Helsley, and Gallegos as a six through, you know, end of the game kind of a rotation in your bullpen. That's pretty dang good. Um, and there's not a lot of teams that will beat that. Um, but at the end of the day, if, if, if they're going to win the World Series, it's got to be starting pitching. The problem is nobody's going to trade for one this early in the offs or this early during the season. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost unheard of to see a team make a move this early 
Um, but there are some intriguing names that have been tossed around. And I know we've talked about Frankie Montes before, uh, but there have been some others that I, I've seen that I think could help, but it'd be very interesting to see if that would come to fruition. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, getting Flaherty back will be a big help. Um, I mean, I've oh, loved, yeah. I've, I, I agree with that. I loved what Miles Michaelis has done. I've loved what Dakota Hudson has done. Um, you know, Wayno's going to be Wayno. Shouldn't expect too much out of him. I mean, let the guy kind of calm down and, and, and end his career the way it needs to. But, um, you know, I think for the most part, our rotation hasn't been terrible. Yeah, we've had to have some spot starts here and there for guys. But, I mean, I think if I think if we were to nail down some bullpen pieces, one, put Hicks back there, it's not a bad bullpen once um, – I mean, you just can't work, you know, your Helsley's, Gallegos's, your Cabrera's over and over again. It just it doesn't work like that. But, I mean, this lineup is proving that regardless who you're playing, I don't care if you're playing the Reds or whoever – making a comeback in any game down multiple runs is not easy. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a big leaguer for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it is what it is. So, I mean, I wish that McFarland could nail down his issues because man, last year at the end of the year, he was just nails. I mean, you could always put him in the situation and trust him with it. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's still early. It is still early. But, I mean, it's a good sign that this team's making comebacks. I don't care who you're playing. Yeah. This team has been dead it, in the past. It's it's about fight sometimes. And, you know, good teams can, can win these games. Um, and you, again, we said it earlier, you have to, you have to go out and, and, and win these games. You, you have to find a way. Yep. I, I kind of had a, I had a feeling with the bullpen, the, the Pirates bullpen, but. I had more confidence the other day. Just today, five runs just it's just so much. I don't care if you're in the first inning or not. Five five it, runs is just so many. It, it is hard, and it, it you know what? And it's nice to see Dylan Carlson finding a little bit of his power stroke mm-hmm. um, because that was really missing in the early part of this year. I mean, he he wasn't hitting for power at all. Um, you know, since you know his return from the you know the IL back in what was it may um and then he had a really good month of may and then he gets hurt and then now he's back you know you, you're starting to see a kid that's it's still developing and i think people see him as a guy that's in his prime i don't even think he's there yet because he's only what 24 23 24 i believe yeah i mean kid kid's a beast kid's a beast and he's gonna be really good for a long time um so even in the event uh, uh, of, of the Cardinals coming back and winning games like this, you know, you look at, at, at the stat line, that three-run home run by, by uh, Dylan was, was, was huge. I mean, obviously to tie the game, but that's just a, a sign of a, of a guy that's really, I think, starting to find his groove. Yeah, I, we really needed that too. Yeah, we did. Obviously. Um... But yeah, I think the team's going in, in good directions. Um, that's all we need yeah. to do right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think again, if if the Cardinals win the two of three, 
you know, three or four against the Pirates, you know, you'll take a five and two home stand any day of the week. I don't think you're, you're going to sit there and say, no, thank you. Uh, it'd be a travesty to see them go, you know, below 500 or even lose three of those games. Um, but they have to go out and, and do their, <laughs> excuse me, uh, do their best to, tomorrow to win at least one of those games. You can't lose both, which I don't expect them to. I'm excited to see how Libertor looks again. I think, you know, some time away from the team to come back up and make a, stop, a spot start is good. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him pitch tomorrow. Yeah, and that's what a lot of the you got to think about with a lot of these younger pitchers too. They they're not going to come up and just throw darts. You know, this is a whole new world to them, and they're yeah. learning too. Yeah, um, I think there there was something that I wanted to talk about, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Oh gosh. Oh, you know what? I know what it was. Matt Carpenter. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's who I wanted to talk about. I'm so happy for him. I really am. I really am. He's a good player. He's a good dude. Um, To see him having success is really rewarding. Um, I do find it funny that people are trying to say, well, where was this Matt Carpenter and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know what? Who cares at this point? He's not on our team. He's not even in our league. Let him have his success and and be dealt with it. Yeah, I saw somebody earlier today that said, oh, you know, Carpenter, you know, we shouldn't have got rid of him. I'm like, you know, sometimes it's time for guys to go. You know, it doesn't matter where he does it at. You know, he didn't retire, didn't hang it up. He knew that he still had it in the tank, and he went out and he did it. He's doing it somewhere. I'm super stoked for him. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, if he if he's if he's not the one saying I'm done, then let him play as long as he can. I mean, I hope he can play as long as he can, but he's having success with the Yankees and they brought him in there just for the one reason of the right field porch. And he said, what, seven dingers for them, six dingers? He said, I mean, he's, he's, hitting. but he's not, but it, some of them aren't, aren't just little dinkers, right? He's hitting them pretty well. Yeah. So, I mean, he's having success. I mean, what was it yesterday? He had two home runs, seven RBI. I mean, come on. I mean, it's not like he's, he, it's not like he was ever bad, but I, I do find it interesting that he said, I think the other, I, yesterday that, you know, he, 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 he knows he's in a, is in a routine in a groove right now, just on the way he's swinging. Um, and we've talked about it before. Uh, confidence is, is super important when it comes to hitting. Um, and if he's at, if he's feeling super confident right now, um, he's just going to continue to have success. And, you know, when you're on a team that's winning as well as, uh, as much as the Yankees has been, um, he's going to see pitches at some point. So I, I'm glad he's taking advantage of it. Yeah. I was nervous. Cause if he hit like he did last year in St. Louis, up <laughs> New York would shoot him well, I guess he's always got Joey Gallo as a scapegoat, but at the same well, time, I mean. You know what's funny is that I look at the other Twitter accounts for, for the baseball teams and, like, Yankees Twitter. They're no different than we are. They'll bash whomever. They'll they'll turn people into scapegoats. They'll go after their players. 
um, they, they did the same thing. So yeah, I, I am glad that Carpenter's having success uh, for that team because that is a, that's a tough market, man. That's somewhere that if you don't perform, you will, you will find yourself in the hot seat quickly. Very quickly. Very quickly. Wow. Yeah. There was something else I wanted to talk about too. Is there something you need to let off your chest about Yachty or you just. Oh no, no, no. Look, <laughs> are you goading me right now? No, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> no, I, I think he is what he is at this point. I don't think. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like I, this whole, this is fucking light switch with him. Right. Mm-hmm. You, every day, either it's, you really love him or you really hate him right now. There's no happy medium. Um, for me, again, it's not that I, I do care what people say about him, but my interest in Yachty goes beyond the normal fan just because he's Puerto Rican, right? I want him to always have success, and I'm never going to badmouth him unless he does something really, really dumb, which, yeah, the other day whenever or, uh, on Saturday before they came back and won that game, um, did he did he make a mistake in swinging at that first pitch and doubling into a ground ball or a double play? Absolutely, it's a stupid it's a stupid at bat. Everybody knows that. Everybody can see that. He knows that. I guarantee you, if you were to ask him, he'd want to take that at bat back. But the fact of the matter is, is he did it. They still won. Move on. Move on. This again, it's like Albert Pools, right? You would ask the same question about uh, Yadier Molina. Are they using Yadier Molina right? Because he's playing a lot of games and, you know, a lot. I thought, you know, everybody's like, oh, Andrew Kisner. Well, Andrew Kisner hasn't done shit either. I'm sorry. A lot of these people who are Andrew Kisner fans, I, I like the guy too. I think he can be a solid player, but he's not, a, he's not, he's not a, a two time a uh, nine-time or a ten-time gold glove catcher. Yeah, he has been there and done that, and I and I get that he needs more playing time, but I haven't seen that much out of out of uh, Andrew Kisner. I really haven't. I haven't seen anything that says you have to play him every day because yeah. that's yeah. what that's what people want. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. if they, if it's not Yadier Molina, it has to be Andrew Kisner every day. But that's not good enough sometimes. It's not just about hitting. Andrew Kisner is a good thrower from behind the plate too, but Yadier Molina is better. Even at age 39, he is better. I promise that. Well, I think you have to look at catchers historically. I mean, they're not great hitters. Like, it's just – yeah. There are very few that are great hitters. Oh, and correct. ones that are are all in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I mean, there. That's there's a reason why they they are there, but Molina. People, I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would truly say this, and so they're like, they can't wait for Molina to be off his team, so all this you know BS with him goes away. That's not how I view it. I, I don't. I I know he needs to retire, and I'm glad he is retiring on his own terms. But don't fucking throw his name in the dirt and then kiss his ass later, uh, you know, two days later and say, oh, that was the best thing that could have happened for Molina and all this other stuff. Well, that's that's what's frustrating me. And it's going to be the same thing with Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung comes back and it lights the world on fire for some reason. Everybody's going to be like, yes, Paul, I knew you could do it. Did you, though? 
Did you? Or are you saying that? Well, yeah. The what have you done for me now? That's, but that's what I'm saying. That That's all that this Yachty thing is. What have you done for me lately? Oh, well, Yachty hasn't been good for three years. Three years. Well, you know what? And he hasn't been good for three years. But he's still one of the best catchers in the game. Yeah. Even at, even 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 with those three years, he's still one of the best catchers in the game. There are very I can probably name less than five people that I would rather have on my team catching. And I'm talking about the full gambit of catching. I'm not just talking about hitting. I'm talking about defense, the intangibles, and hitting. Less than five catchers in this world that I would take over Yadier Molina. Oh, fair but enough. That, but that's me. You know, again. I have a, a way different vested interest in Yadier Molina because of who he is. But, you know, fan, fans can say what they want. Everybody has, is entitled to their opinion about him. Uh, I'm just, I just look for the day that people continue to, to boo him or to, to, you know, chirp at him essentially and say, well, he's not good enough. And Andrew Kisner has been doing, he needs to play more. Well, Andrew Kisner should play more if he was doing more than Yadier Molina, and he's not. So I'd rather take my chances with Yadier Molina than Andrew Kisner because Yadier Molina has done. That's that's just me, though. Fair enough. Listen, speak speak all you need to. You know. Oh no, I, I'm good. I, I've got it off my chest. I'm fine. It's good. I, I, you notice I haven't been saying anything to anybody. Yeah, I know, I know you're, I know you're peeping out for it. I know you're peeping. You know I'm not saying anything. There's no reason for me to say anything. It's like, the, it's like the other day. I say that Tommy Edmond is the best middle infielder the Cardinals have brought up in years, in a minute. Am I wrong? No, you're not. <laughs> and then everybody's like, well, Colton Wong, Matt Carpenter. Some dude tried to say Johnny Peralta, and I'm like, wow, 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 wow. Okay, first of all, Colton Wong, yes, he is a good player, but Tommy Edmonds a better player. Tommy Edmonds a better player, and I said it last year. I have the receipts to prove it. I said it last year that Tommy Edmonds was a better player. You can see it. You can yeah, see I it. Think, I think Tommy's probably. I mean, I know there's a lot of bias here, but I, I think Tommy Edmonds probably one of the most underrated players in the game. Easily. And, and you know what? He, unfortunately, because of the popularity contest that, that the All-Star game is, he's not going to start at second base. He's not. It's going to be Ozzy Albies, which, you know, granted, Ozzy Albies is a really, really, he, really good uh, He will be out. He fractured his foot tonight. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot. Tommy Edmond might be the starting shortstop or starting for in the All Star game, which is deserved. He's a great player, but that's what I'm saying. It's like uh, the everybody is so concerned about one player not doing enough when when there are other players on this team that are contributing to the success of the team and they're still winning. I, I, I keep. I'll, I will go back and say this every single time we come back on this podcast. Are is the team winning? If the answer is yes, then move on. Move on, because at the end of the day, that's all it's about. If, if one guy was sucking everything, every energy out of the uh, out of the team and making them lose every single time, then that's a problem. 
But the fact of the matter is, is there's not one guy on this team that's doing that. You got, you look what Goldschmidt did in the month of May. I mean, that's historic numbers. And Harrison Bader was, was having a, was having a really good June or, and, and I think May as well. And he, he was batting around what, 270. That's the Harrison Bader that you need. And then don't forget Tommy Edmond, Nolan Arenado's good too. Gorman, if he can stay consistent, I mean, there's not a lot of holes in this team. Everybody's just trying to find one, and it, 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 that's what pisses me off. Yeah. I think that – I think that for well, one thing I thought about tonight, middle of the game, was how I have not missed pitchers hitting at all. I, oh, I, I told I, – I was at the game with my dad um, a, couple, a couple times ago, and we were on the way back to the car, and he goes, you know what? I don't really even rec- – you know, I didn't even think twice about the pitcher not hitting. And I said, you know what? I didn't either, and I'm okay with it. Well, and it also plays in – I don't know if I just haven't noticed it or what, but, like, I haven't seen the whole – I haven't noticed a lot with the three batter minimum that stuck out to, unless it's just been like a shit two, two hitters, you know? It just yeah. seems like it just kind of – with – the pitcher situation not hitting, it's just kind of flowed better, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But even at, at the end of the day, like, it's not – it has not been a bad thing. So, I I'm, I will applaud this this change. I, I think as much as I love the strategy of baseball, you know, I've seen the last couple of games teams bunt more than they did this year than they did last year. So, um, I, I, I do enjoy uh, – that aspect of this game. And I, I don't, I don't miss it at all. I don't at all. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it's just kind of, uh, I don't know. I didn't much care for it and I don't notice it. I don't notice it at all. Yeah. I mean, and that, again, I, if there's a change that's made and you don't notice it that much, then it's a good change in my opinion. It'd be different if you were uh, really making a change and somebody was saying about it every day it's kind of like in soccer right uh video assistant refereeing um it's a good thing but people i mean crush it every single time something doesn't go their way or it's very very minimal uh offsides and they just take it to the freaking cleaners is that a thing Um, what video refs and yeah. So, so essentially it's, it usually happens. It's like, it's like a, uh, somebody watching the game from TV and essentially like looking at it and, uh, you know, if somebody, if a ref mess, misses a call, they'll signal down to the referee, the head referee on the field and say, Hey, you need to come look at this. Um, and they'll video check it and they'll uh, go. Back I don't and, know if and, I like that. Well, here's, here's the thing. It, it only, it only is, really apparent when there's a goal scored or a yellow card becomes a red card uh, or on handball situation. So it's, it doesn't affect the game that much, but of course, naturally it's going to be when uh, most of the time is when a goal is scored or a high, high chance moment. So it it is what it is. Um, But it, it doesn't affect the game that much, but there, you know, that it's in the background but it's not always something that you're really paying attention to because you're, you're there to play the game no matter what. 
Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, if it, so it's like an automatic replay on bigger situations. Yeah. I mean, whenever, essentially when a, a call has happened or, you know, an offside is truly onside or vice versa, mm-hmm. um, that's when video assistant referee really comes in and, and dictates whether the referees missed a call or not. Well, I don't know if you saw this, but I think I read something today where the World Cup is going to be in Atlanta next year. Atlanta? I think. No, it's in Qatar uh, at the end of this year, and the next time it'll be in 2026. So uh, unless you're saying that the next World Cup is going to be in Atlanta. I might which, be saying that. I didn't which, look at I mean, I, I, I don't doubt that with the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and having, what, 80,000 people if being able to – fit that many people would be awesome. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping, and this would be crazy, but I'm really hoping that Kansas City gets an opportunity to host at Arrowhead. Um, I think that would be an incredible scene, um, you know, but um, especially with the tailgating scene out there, uh, there's a lot of opportunity. But, you know, you know it comes down to money. Um, they're going to maxim. They're going to try and maximize uh, the venues as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I honestly think uh, a game at the Big House in Michigan would be a lot of fun. Um, but I, I can see this easily being a New York, an LA, a Miami situation. So, and maybe even Chicago. But Atlanta would be pretty cool too. Either way, I've already told Jenna I'm going to do everything I can to at least go to one game, and I don't even care if it's the United States playing or not. I just want to go to a game. Fair enough. When does uh, when does your season start up here in St. Louis? My season? Yeah, your St. Louis City. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that doesn't start until 2023, um, spring of 23. So, yeah, you know. Th- Less than a year. In less than a year, which is crazy to think. I mean, they, they've come a long way. Um, I'm still waiting to hear back on whether I get season tickets or not. So I'm, I'm really hoping I get the call. Um, I've been a little frustrated with the process, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, that's ju- it just goes to show you how many people truly want uh, season tickets um, and are really trying to push for this team because it's going to be sold out every time. My only big issue is that, you know, people are out there buying four to eight tickets only to go and resell them. Yeah. Um, and that's that's really frustrating for me because it's not that they're not a true a true fan or a fan of the game. But there are people like me who are, are wanting to go there for a true experience and, and truly support the team um, the way it needs to be supported in this in these first couple of years, um, because it's not like they're going to be great. Um, but you know, like any team that starts, you know, you're going to have to have some growing pains. I mean, look at what the Seattle Kraken did this year, um, versus what the Vegas Golden Knights did whenever they came into the league. Um, so, you know, that's, that, that's just something that the, the city needs to be prepared for. And even if you're not a soccer fan, I, I would encourage going to a game. Um, just to take in the atmosphere. I mean, if you watch some of these games in Europe and uh, across even the MLS in, in the United States, it, it looks like an awesome time, and I know it will be, um, but it's important to go support. Yeah, I drove uh, I drove by that stadium whenever I was up in St. Louis a few weeks yeah. ago. And, um, it looks nice, man. 
Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to get up there for a game. I'm kind of hyped. I mean, I won't know, you know, anybody on the team or nothing, but you know, I'll stand there with the best of them. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it should be a good time. I really do think it's a good thing for the city. You know, I think a lot of people were skeptical at first because you know it's another pro team. We we you know we just lost we had lost the Rams and whatnot. So people were skeptical at first, but you know, this, the ownership is committed to keeping this team in St. Louis and, and making this a success. Um, and that's what you need. Um, that's what makes the blues successful. Obviously it's what's made the Cardinals successful for so long um, and keeping that ownership uh, attached to St. Louis is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So at this point in time, mm-hmm. where we are in the season, who is your – I mean, these are obvious answers, I would say. You may have a different response, but who is your most valuable player on the Cardinals and your Cy Young on the Cardinals? Um, I think it's pretty clear to say that um, Paul Goldschmidt's your most valuable player. I, I don't think there's any other answer. Um, he's been your most consistent player. He plays excellent defense. He, he's just a complete player all around. Um, I mean, again, what he did in May was historic. There are very few that do that. I mean, he was just shy of a record that Albert Pujols holds as a St. Louis Cardinal in terms of on base uh, in as many games as he did. I mean, he had a, was it 25, 26 game hit streak? I mean, that's pretty incredible to think about. Um, especially where he ended up at the end of April mm-hmm. and bringing his average all the way up to what the upper 300s and now sitting kind of right around 320. I mean, that that's a very obvious answer. So um, I'm also going to give a secondary one and I, and I, and I know I was just harping on him a bunch, but I'm going to also say Tommy Edmond is, is the most valuable player in my opinion. Um, he just, he, he, in my opinion, has solidified that shortstop role. I think he can play it full time. Um, I've been saying that he can play it full time. I've been saying that second base and shortstop are really not that different of a position. Yes. The throws are longer and yes, the angles are a little bit different, but Tommy can play it. He's, he's been a great player. And I think, um, the, he has completely changed the player that he was last year, uh, into this year and it's for the better. Uh, as far as Cy Young, um, this one's a little bit tougher. I, I think there's been various people that could do this. Um, and I think there's two names that stick out to me. Um, I'm going to, and I'm going to say them both and I'll let you decide if, if there's one that you like over the other in my case, but I, I the first one I'm going to go with is Ryan Helsley. Um, he's just been lights out. The dude's a, the dude's a fireballer. Um, when you can throw gas, like the way you do have a slider and I, and I think he has a changeup as well. Um, there's a reason why you're, he's now the closer on the team. Um, and he's just been that good. I mean, he's, he's dominant that good. Um, and then I'm going to say, uh, uh, cyclists, my miles, Michaelis has been my, my other Cy Young contender for the team. He's just been a, a solid pitcher. I mean, yes, he's had a couple speed bumps here along the way, which is, is, you know, it's going to happen, but he also had a month of May where it was just an outstanding run of pitching. Um, they've really tapped into longer outings now too. Um, so I'm just really happy that uh, he's, he's healthy and he's looking like the guy that, 
you know, the Cardinals signed that first year in 2018, I believe it was. Um, so those are, those are my two guys that I would say are probably uh, neck and neck in the, in the Cy Young. Fair enough. I mean, I would agree. I mean, uh, what Ryan Helsley's doing is amazing. What Michaelis is doing is amazing. Um, you know, obviously the longer outings you go, there's more room for air. So, yeah, you know, I, I mean, to me, they're neck and neck really, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm not going to disagree with Goldschmidt whatsoever. It's hard to, he's, he's been excellent. I mean, and just to think what we got rid of for, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a great deal. Um, but Mo and Co. don't know what they're doing, right? Well, when they sign free agents, they don't. <laughs> the, they, can, they can make the trades with the best of them. But, no, I was thinking tonight, you know, it's, it's amazing how the Cardinals' corners are mm-hmm. so damn good. Mm-hmm. And I think, it's, I think it's somewhat overlooked, you know? I don't think it's overlooked, but you're just so you just expect it. Mm-hmm. You know it's going to be good, so you just go out there and say, "Okay, what's what else can't they do?" I mean, look at the play Nolan made the other day. I mean, <laughs> whatever I mean, that, that was, was. Yeah, I mean that was just silly. And then you look at a guy like, did you see the play that uh, Zach Plesac made from the yeah. Guardians? Yeah. I mean, yeah. those are freak plays, but that's just good defense. And awareness, defense, yeah. defense and awareness. Um, but I mean, it's it's wild because you go from Jose Martinez at first base to Goldschmidt, and how many runs are saved just by the defense alone? You know, um, Goldschmidt. It, you know, Goldschmidt easily could win a platinum gold. You know, platinum glove if Nolan Arenado wasn't in the league <laughs> and across the diamond from him. Easily, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals' defense is sick, but you know, you can't catch the balls that go over the fence, so that's what you know. We need to tame down on the bullpen, yep. So, any do you have any closing arguments? We've been doing this an hour now. No, I, I do want to say something. Um, I want to give a, a hearty congratulations to, um, the Edwardsville High School team, the baseball team, they won a uh, state championship this this last weekend in the state of Illinois. It's where I went to high school. Um, so my former coach, uh, Coach Tim Funkhauser, and his, and his uh, assistant coaches and, and the players got it done this weekend. Uh, so as a, as a baseball alum, um, it's very cool to see uh, them have success, and I'm happy for them. Um, it makes me wish that I was still in high school and, and, and still playing at a high level. Um, and it makes me wish that I, we had been able to do what they did. Um, but, it, but it goes to show that, that winning is not easy. Um, winning is very, very difficult. The, the, that'll be, it's their fourth state championship. Um, but this is now uh, the second one in the last, what, three, four years. They won in 2019. So the last three years, they've won a state champ two in three, three years at this point. Um, so it's, it's just a very exciting time for the, for the baseball program. And so I just want to say congratulations to, to Coach Funkhauser and uh, 
and the players. It's a well-deserved honor, and I'm looking forward to uh, uh, going to the, the ballpark next year with Leo and, and showing him where, where I used to play. I've got my name written in stone uh, by the field, so um, I'm very, very excited for that opportunity and, and hopefully get to, to talk with the team and, uh, and, and celebrate with them as a long now, is is will Leo be playing T-ball next year? A great question. Uh, he's he's actually really good off the tee right now. I mean, he, he's pretty good. He's actually wants me to soft toss him, which is really funny. But um, I don't know. That's that's a good question. I we're 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 thinking about holding him back until he's six to to go into kindergarten. So let him develop a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know if that makes a difference in terms of T-ball, but um, I'll, I'll probably be a little bit more serious with him in two years when he's about five than he, than he is about four. Because he, He's I been mean, the I, same age for 10 years now. I know. It feels uh, he looks the, the same it, age for 10 years now because he's just – he's so big. It probably doesn't seem like that to you, but I feel like he stayed the same age for at least five years. Yeah. I don't think he's aged. Yeah, no, he, he doesn't look like he ages at this point because he's still young. I get it. But um, he's just a big kid for, for you know, coming up on four in, in literally nine days. Um, so, day. yeah. Yeah. My dad, my dad will turn, what, uh, 57 uh, the day before he does. So. Well, you can just have a combined party at the ballpark. Well, they're going to be in Puerto Rico, so. Oh, are you not making the trip this summer? No, they're, they're they, they, uh, my sister just graduated with her master's degree, so I guess I could say congratulations to my sister as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> throw that out there. Um, but they were, they were, they went there to celebrate, you know, my sister's accomplishment. Um, so, um, I'm very I, know she, I know she's a huge fan of the show. Probably always listens every oh, every yeah. time we record. She's listening. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm not making it this time. We were thinking about going in the fall, so who knows? Well, I don't really have anybody c- to congratulate right now. Really, I mean, um, congratulate. The- you know what? Congratulate yourself for for having the courage to come back on the podcast. <laughs> I know you've been dreading it. I understand. <laughs> You've been busy. I get it. You know what? I'm sure if Bianca listens to this episode, she's going to probably think to herself about fucking time that he got back on here. Oh, she hates the show too. You know, everybody does. Yeah. We don't get get shout outs like everybody else. So people give shout outs. Mm, I wouldn't know. Oh, okay. Fair. I mean, neither do I. I... No, I do know, but uh, uh, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, let's see. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. I might try to come up for a game in the next few weeks. We'll see how things go. We'll see how things go. Maybe if the temperature cools down a little bit, gas prices drop a hair. I'd like to come up again. Oh, I, I'm surprised you didn't uh, let me know you were up here last time. <sighs> I, I was kind of disappointed, to be honest. But I understand. I'm ugly. You're not. It's cool. <laughs> no, whenever I got more time. I'll oh, holler at you. Oh, well, you have more time, right? I, got it. There's a story I'll tell as soon as we get off from recording, and you'll understand. But 
I need to, I just need to come up there um, and stay a few days and just, you know, kick back, spend some money I, I don't have, you know? Yeah. I mean, what's better than spending money that you don't have? Paying it off. Your credit <laughs> card. <laughs> well, folks, until next time, hopefully not as <laughs> long not, as this time. Um, not, not a two-month gap yeah you can catch the turn into podcasts on itunes uh spotify and google podcasts until next time go cardinals how about them how about them <laughs>